And you know how I know? How? It's our anniversary Babe, special. Why are you yelling? It's so, you're so loud in this hotel room. <laughs> Happy anniversary. <laughs> it's our anniversary special. We are coming to you live from a very secret location. That we can't talk about. We can't talk about it, so... Just know that we are enjoying ourselves. We are away from Tweety Pigs shenanigans for the most part. And um, we're, we're just like so blissfully happy right now. That's true. We're, we're, um, we're in lovely Brighton Beach. Beach. <laughs> and so far it's fascinating. Is it? No. Okay. <laughs> what was our plan? Oh, so we should talk about... First thing we should talk about is it's our anniversary. It's our anniversary. It's September 8th. And one year ago, we were in... Um, Ogunquit, Maine. Well, technically, Cape Nettick, Maine is where we were. And... It was a beautiful day. It was gorgeous. The hurricane had just passed. The skies opened up, the sun came out, and we had a gorgeous ceremony on the cliff with about 70 people. Greatest day of my life. Greatest day ever. Best day ever. Mm-hmm. It's the best day ever. I don't know that one that well. It's okay. No biggie. SpongeBob shout out. So I think it's important right now for me to just acknowledge that about five or six hours ago, I had half a gummy. And so I've <laughs> lost track of the entire day. It started great. We had a nice breakfast. And then a half a gummy. And now it's 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 the evening. And I can't really account for anything that's happened we we didn't do much we literally just sat by the pool you sat by the pool you got really overheated because it was very hot Ooh. and uh, oh yeah you came upstairs and took about an hour nap 
Okay. Well, that's fair. And then you came downstairs, and you were fine. Well, you know, I've been reading ta Coates's book, We Were Eight Years in Power. Mm-hmm. You're giving me side-eye right now. No, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm just looking, like, off into space. People, you have to realize we're relaxing on this trip, okay? We just got out of a really <laughs> nice pool yeah. that was, like, cool but also warm. Yeah. The sun went down. It's just so beautiful and... We're just super zen right now, so... And my wife is sitting here on our bed with a glass of some sort of pale ale. This is a Corona, of course. Ooh, it's a Corona! Corona! Uh, nope. We wrote a song once about the coronavirus, but it's still too soon. Yeah, it's still too soon. Um, <laughs> so the other news is... What's the news, babe? I've been a little creeped out by the white people on this trip, I gotta say. Now, we're only in Brighton Beach. Beach. But um, I'm still, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I just, I, I, you had an encounter yesterday. Oh, by the way, we're going to have a special guest on this pod so that you can get ready. Because uh, we saw that uh, special guest yesterday and we're seeing... I'm going to say them again tomorrow, um, which will be all in <laughs> one glorious podcast at the same time. Um, babe, I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, we had an interaction on the beach. Oh. Um, you went off with your friend. Yes. The husband. Yes. And the wives stayed together. And then what happened? And we were approached by this white woman. Uh-oh. Probably in her 50s. Getting scary. And she was like... Oh, y'all can move these over. Y'all can move these seats over. And we were like, huh? We were like in the middle of a like a conversation and she just kind of busted in. She's like, you know you can move these seats over. And we were like, oh, well, we're, we're okay. Well, we're not going to do it right now. And she was like, oh, well, you know, we had seven chairs out here yesterday. We were all in a stretch. And that way you don't have to like, you know, scream over each other. And I was like, and then my friend said, uh, is this your way of telling us to be quiet? Yeah. And she was like, oh, no. Which is funny because, like, there were... No, wait. Did she actually say that as a question, like, like out, out there, subtext on the surface? Yeah. And, and so she, the woman reacted and said, oh, no. Yeah. But she had this southern accent, and that's where I start to get scared. And I know that's David a real... David is scared of anybody with a southern accent. I know that's a real cliche, but if, you, if you're a white person with a southern af- accent... I just I, I I seize up a little bit. No, I wasn't I wasn't weirded out by her because I found it first of all, for someone to just bust into your conversation is I was like, what do we want out of this? Like what does she want out of this? And then I just started to realize that she had a, a weird way of of starting the conversation, but she was like really desperate to talk to the two black girls. And it turned out And then it turned out she was really sweet. She had survived Chernobyl. Um, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> she was in Germany at the time that Chernobyl happened. Okay. We we had talked about COVID, and she clearly is from Alabama. She was like, I've never been tested. Oh. I said, well, and then we said, we're from New York. She's, oh, my God. Oh, my God, you got <laughs> out. And I said, yeah, we did. But we caught out. I said, yeah, we, we are... 
the numbers are really low in New York. I think they're actually higher where you are. In Brighton Beach. Beach. No, no, where she's from. Oh, she's right from Alabama. Yeah. And she and, and, and knowing that they are higher where she is, and yeah. she was like, oh, no, no, that's all wrong. I was like, oh, okay. So uh -oh. like, and, you know, I've never been tested. I was like, great. Well, we've been tested several times between the two of us. For her, it was a point of honor. It was a point of honor, which is just so interesting. There are a lot of Southerners um, here vacationing in Brighton Beach. Brighton Beach. Beach. And... Um, it was, and so, yeah, I think we are, we have trepidation because we're nervous that us, like a Southerner will come out to us. But however, I think David is less familiar with Southerners. I am because Kansas City is basically the South. And I think Southern people are <clears throat> delightful and charming and lovely. They can be, but you never know where their politics lie, especially the these, older white ones. And it's these days. I just think, I just feel... Like in a way, I hadn't in the almost five years we're coming up on that we've been together. I think I feel more now because of the last four years of just how we've become so, uh, you know, divided. I just I look upon now I look upon every white person with distrust. It almost doesn't matter where we are, and it all and it really doesn't matter if they're southern or not. I just look upon every white person with distrust now, especially when. I see them seeing us as a couple. So now I'm like, I'm just waiting for some racist shit to go down. And see, what's funny is I laughed at that because I see people seeing us as a couple from day one. And it was an issue for me that I had to get over. And, you know, like, no matter where we are, we always look like people are never really ready for us to be a couple. And the people who are more like down with it are usually younger people. However, like when we went to Aruba, we met that sweet couple from Savannah. They were they yeah. they loved us. Yeah, it's true. And and honestly, I I think it has to do with everything that's happened culturally and societally in the last six months. Yeah. I I just feel now that everyone's walking around seeing the other as the other and it's it's heightened in a way that i really hope that you know that we can get through this period of of american history and just start to look at each other as you know not threats in any way or not not like i i, I just see white people looking at us now and i just think what are they and it's really i i it's it's just so interesting because i just it's just not new to me and yeah. I guess I'm just, I've always said this, I'm very aware of that because I feel that white women are always judging me because I'm with you and I feel like white, white actually white men, I don't really, they don't really bother me. Black women and men are very judgmental of our relationship. They think I'm like with a sugar daddy, you know, and so like I'm so used. If they only knew. <laughs> I'm so used to people looking at us and and having extra large stairs, long stairs, and so it's just like okay. But you know what? One time I was in Japan and this man was staring at me on the train like um, hard, <laughs> and it was just clear that he had never really seen a black person that looked like me up close because you know Japan is, uh, especially Tokyo is well no Japan is so homogenized, and 
I looked dead him, him dead in his eyes and I just made a big smile. And he was like, oh, and he smiled back at me so genuinely, but it was just like, he felt embarrassed because he, he knew he had been staring and I had just caught him and decided not to be mad at it. So I think he was like embarrassed, but also relieved. And I'm just like, I feel like a lot of people look at us like that. I feel like I look at a lot of women like in bathing suits and I just like stare because I'm just like, wow, look at their bodies. I just well, find I... humans really interesting. And if they're with a certain person, I find that interesting. And so when you see us, it's like things are so out of the box for people, especially people from Texas and Alabama, um, that it's like a thing at first and then they get over it. And this is why it's so important to have representation because I think when people see interracial relationships on TV or they become, or in the movies or whatever, or commercials and it becomes normal, they don't question it as much when they're on vacation. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I know as far as our generational difference, it's gonna be, it's always gonna be like this. And that's okay. Oh no, I'm fine with with all of that. Like, I just... let alone the race thing, the 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 fact that you're so much older than me is it gets a lot of people. To us, to me, to us, it's not anything big because we live in New York City, and there's all kinds of. But even in New York City, we get stares constantly. But you are like home and comfortable and very yeah. naive to all of it. But I felt it a lot in New York City. Feel it a lot. Yeah, I just, I just, I felt it just heightened, or, or it's harder for me sometimes. I usually, in the past, I've been able to, uh, very honestly, say they think you're a movie star, or they are just dazzled by just actually how beautiful you are, so and sweet. and so that's why, you know, we seem sometimes to get uh, stares. But now I, I, I just, I feel the. Maybe I'm projecting it, but I just feel I some of it. I think a lot of it's projection, but I also think people are not used to seeing a couple like us, and I think that anywhere we go. I but, mean, but like today we went we went out by the pool, um, here in Brighton Beach, Beach, beach. and um, there was this white lady, and she had on these sunglasses, and. I swear to God, it just was like she was staring at us, like, just, but it was one of the situations where she might have been looking out past us, past us beyond where the pool was, but she also would have been aware, because I didn't have sunglasses on, and I was just, just staring back at her. She would have been aware that, that she was being mysterious about where her, uh, Blair I think she was... definitely was staring at us. I think, yeah, I caught her staring at us. But it, but 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 the gag was when I stared back at her, and I didn't have sunglasses to shield the uh, direction of my gaze. She just if she was staring at us, she just kept staring, <laughs> and that was well. That's uh, weird. Yeah, it was. Then you go, well, was she actually looking at? See, we don't know because of the sunglasses. It's the sunglasses, babe. That's how they get you. Yeah, but you know what? I be staring at people all the time behind my sunglasses. Yeah. So I don't give a fuck. And I mean, am I really supposed to care about this 
skinny ass white lady in this bikini that's way too small for her. I mean, it wasn't too <laughs> small. It was just like you are a little old to be wearing this bikini, but live. I just find women who wear bikinis at a, after a certain age, it's like, what's happening? Well, I mean, unless you, can, unless you can pull it off. No, I mean, that's awful to say. But I mean, like, if I'm looking... I can't like, pull off a bikini. A I, lot of I will things. acknowledge that right now. It's like, when you get to a certain age, I just feel like, can we just graduate to a one-piece? One-pieces are fierce. Sure. <laughs> I don't really have a strong feeling about that either way. I think it's situational. I guess it is. Like if I had the I body just to get she away with speedo, way too sun damaged and very thin <laughs> to like like if you have your hair in a all of your gray hair in a ponytail, mm. I just think maybe not a slinky bikini. So y'all getting a picture now of the racist white lady with the gray hair and the string bikini staring at us? It was upsetting. You can imagine why. Yeah, and it wasn't dyed gray hair, honey. That was all natural. Well, you know what? Then she probably was into it. She's probably some sort of crunchy granola girl from California mm. been a yoga instructor at some point I don't know I didn't catch crunchy granola yeah I didn't either that. that husband looked kind of shady to me I didn't really you can't really judge people on appearances am David. I just being terribly I think you're just being you're nervous yeah. I'm being bigoted but against also, white people I also think if they were staring at us like I don't care like I literally do not give a fuck no I don't either I just feel like in my capacity rude, as someone who's, anyway, I feel like it's my job to protect you. I just don't want to have to deal with, you know, any potential violent interactions. And I imagine myself getting up in people's faces and, you know, unleashing the fury of, uh, what the, the, the magical fury of my powerful rage. And <laughs> um, it's not pretty, babe. I'm Mr. Furious. Yeah. You do get scary. Thanks, babe. I'll take that <laughs> as a compliment. Yeah, I think it's fine. I, I, I really... It is interesting because I never feel um, stared at by Americans. Because I guess I just don't usually travel where Americans go. I hate to say that. But, um, Except in this case, because we've traveled only to, to Brighton Beach. Beach. So, you know, it, I guess, yes, there would be Americans here. But other times when I've gone to other countries. Like, give me an example of a like, country. Like, you know, Mexico. Oh, okay. I'll go to, like, Sayulita. Or, I never felt that in Sayulita. No, or, I didn't either when we went to Sayulita. Or, uh, or um, Cancun, say. What about like Cancun? No, well, we were in Riviera Maya. Oh, yeah, I didn't feel any problems in Riviera Maya. I didn't either. So it's interesting because, like, I think when you go to more, if, if you are going, like, the beaten path, then, yes, you will run into more Americans. But if you go off the beaten path to more kind of specialized remote locations, um, I mostly see Europeans. And Europeans could care less. Um, they are just worried about their speedos. So, and I haven't seen one speedo here. Nobody can pull off a speedo here. Not in Brighton Beach. 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 So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just. I think it's just also, you know, where we are. So we don't have any of our 
like we're not we're not in our home and also you know what it is it's it's like the southerners are traveling because they all think it's a badge of honor to not be covid tested Oof. and to travel that's just and they're like yeah we're not trapped we're not living in fear we're traveling and like it's like today when we were going waiting for the elevator and you know someone um tried to well, the d door oh, opened yeah. and a guy was in there, an older white gentleman. And he was like, oh, you can come in. And I, we were just like, oh, no, we'll wait for the because next Because you have to understand the elevators in this. The rules are? Two per per two, two at person per elevator car. Yes. So he kept insisting that we get in and we were like, no, it's okay. And he's like, I don't bite. And it was just like with an edge of like, you know, people who uh, making yeah. fun of us because we, we don't want to get on the same elevator as you. But the thing is, is we're rule followers. So if the rules say two person or two people per elevator, that's what we're doing. That's true. And also, everyone knows it's annoying to travel in elevators with strangers. In the first place. Like, it's always annoying. I always am like, oh, is everyone getting on that one? Well, I'll just wait till the next empty And one. now we have an excuse to actually do that. Exactly. And then so. later today, some two chicks tried to get in with us. And they were like, oh, is this going up? And they jumped in. And I was like, we'll wait for the next one. Because I just was like, oh, God. But on the upside, we didn't have to stay in an elevator with two really annoying teenage girls. Right. So these are more of the blessings of COVID. <laughs> oh, interesting sound effect. Trying to do a jingle for maybe a new segment. but Blessings of COVID? I like it. But bling, 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 bling. <laughs> now it's time for a commercial from Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool. Where, where you, you can, can see, see through. through infinity. Where you can see to infinity. Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool. Where you can see to infinity. You, you took my notes. Shoot. Where you can oh, yeah. See where you can see. Where you can see to infinity. Infinity. Infinity pool. Infinity pool. Where you can see to infinity. We've been um, outside by the infinity pool, and we came up with a little jingle for it, and that was it. And we're back. So, babe, if this is a, an episode, if this is a special bonus episode of The Swirl with Brie and Dave, uh -huh. episode 11. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we still can't have this week in, in Gaggery. Ew, ew, ew. We don't oh, have any special don't have effects. Any sound effects. Because we're, we're, we're way at, at the our. Beach. At, the, at the beach out of the city in, in Brighton. Brighton Beach. Beach. So, we don't have those, but... We do have it this week in Gaggery, right, we do? babe? I don't know. I'm, I'm fully flying by the seat of my pants right now, so... Well, you're so interesting, because you, you're like, yeah, we're going to change the segment now, yeah. but then you have no preparation. But here's the, here's the change. I usually have preparation, and this week I don't, and that's the change-up right there. But I am also consistent, and I didn't do anything. So nobody's nobody has prepared it this week in Gaggery. This week in Gaggery. So um, I just want to write off the top of your head, babe. I'm going to give you three, two, one, gag. 
she's she she's wiping her glasses. I really don't have anything. But usually when I when I turn the gaggery wheel over to you, you 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 always come through. I haven't thought about this at all because we've been I'm on vacation. Supposed to be on vacation, not doing a podcast, David. I know, but babe, you yourself said there's no difference between the lack of preparation you do when we're doing the <laughs> podcast and the lack of preparation you've done now that well, we're on vacation. Well, no, 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 because normally when we do the podcast. I wait until ten minutes before, and then I research. Oh, you needed that—that's that's that precious ten minutes yes. of preparation. Meanwhile, I'm just jabbering while I try to think of a gaggery that I would have, and well, I would love it. I have it. to say, I haven't watched any news, so yeah. my gaggery would have to be—you know—I'll say the ease of flying. This um, is a great category. We should absolutely talk about this. Oof, the ease of flying. Um, to well anywhere um we we flew. may have taken the, a plane to brighton beach, beach beach and we found that first of all we had planned to wear our n95s not necessary which i knew but i was like doing it because david really wanted to do it well i had it on for about a second and then i was just like okay this is freaking ridiculous it's just oof. It's a lot. It's a lot. And there's nobody around. I mean, there is. People are around. But, I mean, we did wear masks because you had to. Of course. I Just the N95 version seemed overkill from what we were actually encountering. Yeah, because really on that plane, you really just, you know, if you want to do double masks, you can. Um, but really, one is fine. And if you're, if you're flying a, an airline like Delta... Then or or I think American also. Distances. Well, we were we were flying Delta, even though we were only going to Brighton Beach. 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 So, yeah, we, if you fly Delta, everyone's social distanced. There's a seat between everybody, and even if it's like a, a crowded flight, you don't feel it because we're so spaced out. Service was really really great. And I just think if you're gonna fly, Delta's the choice. So what I was saying is though, I think for David it was a huge like eye opener how easy it actually is and how um, down the protocols are for all of the people who work it. You know, they they have everything down to a T um, for the most part. Um, so you don't have to do anything, but really just take care of yourself. Do your hand sanitizer, wash your hands. And wear a mask, and really, that's it. I mean, there's no reason we now we wore glasses because we didn't know about goggles and things. I didn't wear glasses. Oh, I wore glasses. But, but someone had mentioned wear goggles, but I, and some people wore face shields, but it's not really necessary to me. Now we're also coming from, uh, you know, an area that has gotten its infection rate down to like under one percent, and right. Um, so I think there's also that feeling of, and this is maybe misplaced, but there's a feeling of some security in the fact that we feel like we've been through the worst of it anyway. Yeah. Um, but also they only sell, they don't sell the middle seats anymore. So now we, we are guaranteed our own row. Mm -hmm. We put ourselves in the bulkhead aisle, which means there's really no one in front of us and people are behind us. Um, but everyone's wearing a mask and, uh, you you know you take your mask down when you're having a a snack which they do serve which they actually do serve yeah they're in ziploc bags which is so cute and yeah I thought I didn't think you would get any wine but we actually got wine so 
you know, and it does, you do feel that they have done an extra careful, I've never felt like an airplane as clean as I felt that one was. Yes, I agree. Um, so yeah, not, not really, not really terrible. Um, so that was the gag of the week for me. That's a good, that was, that's a good one. Is it my turn? It's your turn, babe. You really, you, you took the wind right out of my sails. No, you've got other sails. I don't know. You have extra emergency sails. Okay, did I pack them? Yes. And um, if I just open up this particular... <laughs> I'm giving you sound effects uh -huh, now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So this is my This Week in Gaggery. Okay. And it's not going to be political. I didn't think so. Um, okay, I'm reading this book. Yes. By Ta-Nehisi Coates. Talk to me. And what I... There's a lot about it. Now, I, first of all, I didn't realize that what it actually is, is this combination... By the way, should I talk about who Ta-Nehisi Coates is, or do we all assume we Oh, no, does? no, you should tell people. Ta-Nehisi Coates is a is a preeminent writer on uh, race in America, race um, history and, um, you know, politics, sociology, and very well-respected, wrote a seminal, I would say, article that I talk about a lot. And it was published in The Atlantic um, called The Case for, or A Case for Reparations, which I have commended on this program before, I believe. But what I didn't realize was yeah. that the, the that the the latest book not well it's one of the one of the recent books that came out by Tanasi Coates um, is it's called uh, We Were Eight Years in Power, and it actually contains eight of his most prominent essays that had been published many in the Atlantic, including halfway through uh, a case for reparations. But beyond that, it is a memoir of his journey as a man in the unemployment office with his wife and his small son uh, in uh, 20, uh, 2011 or no, no 20, 2008. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, it all corresponds, of course, to the eight years of the Obama administration. So it starts around 2004, 2005, when Obama was just becoming a, a figure, public figure. Um, but it's also it's a memoir of his journey uh, as a writer. Um, and then beyond that, it is also a, a parallel between the initial years of Reconstruction um, and when uh, Jim Crow came uh, crashing in, uh, that uh, we were eight years in power is a reference to corresponding to the eight years of the Obama administration, which were followed by Trump, the Trump era. Then you can't you can't charge me for that mention because I'm. You're you're saying an era. I'm I'm giving Trump it era. I'm giving an era in a historical context. I will let you go on that one. Thank you. And this book is of course a gag, um, and I actually I've been dog earing it, mm -hmm. and and uh, and you know preparing little quotes from it but I just uh, I just love I love this man's writing I just think he's uh, I'm just uh, he's brilliant and 
eloquent and um, and so incisive about all of these maelstroms of thought and history um, in a way that I think is really essential reading. Um, so I could give I could give you a quote from the book. Yeah, why not? Okay, let me. Uh, He's leaving to get his book, everyone. <laughs> Which I didn't leave earlier, even though I wanted to get a beer. But it's fine. Let me see what I what I did here. Um. Mm. Well, he talks a lot about where'd it go oh this is fascinating <laughs> really really proud. I would put my elevator so, music app on but I can't get to it I might put this in later though So he's, he's in an article about Michelle Obama that he wrote called An American Girl uh, back in 2009, I believe, eight or nine. Um, so he's writing a lot about the south side of Chicago and how it's its own enclave of uh, black entrepreneurship um, that normalized for Michelle Obama and her family um, an America that was not steeped in racism because it was segregated from racism. It was its own community. And she um, grew up in, mm -hmm. in that area that really was the birthplace of a lot of great independent black thinkers and and mm -hmm. and and. and, and achievers in most black this is from the book in most black people there is a south side a sense of home that never leaves and yet to compete in the world we have to go forth so we learn to code switch and become bilingual we save our timberlands for the weekend and our jokes for the cats in the mailroom some of us give ourselves up completely and become the mask while others overcompensate and turn every dust up into the Montgomery bus boycott. Mm. But increasingly, as we move into the mainstream, black folks are taking a third road, being ourselves. Implicit in the notion of code switching is a belief in the illegitimacy of blacks as Americans, as well as a disbelief in the ability of our white peers to understand us. But if you see black identity as you see Southern identity or Irish identity or Italian identity, not as a separate trunk, but as a branch of the American tree with roots in the broader experience, then you understand that the particulars of black culture are inseparable from the particulars of the country. Mm -hmm. I loved that. I loved this, this metaphor. Um, if you see black identity, not mm -hmm. as a separate trunk, but as a branch of the American tree with roots in the broader experience. 
I'm always interested in how we can get people who, you know, are, are well, white people who, who don't see racism as something that's a problem for them, like if mm-hmm. they're good. The, the, the idea of a case for reparations, and for me, like that metaphor of, of not a separate trunk, but a part of the same tree, mm-hmm. how we could all see, you know, as the pandemic has shown us, how we are all connected and that if, 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 if any one of us is not well, then none of us are well. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so any sort of, um, any sort of example or metaphor that can help make people understand how we really are connected and how uh, if, if any of us are not taking care of us and none are taking care of us, I'm always interested in that. I love that. I love his writing. Ta-Nehisi Coates, everyone. And that's my This, this Week, week in, in Gaggery. Gaggery. We're being very quiet. And we'll be right back. So a very mellow episode. I'm literally falling asleep. Of the Swarwick Green Day. But we have a special guest. We have a special guest. And uh, we cannot wait to share them with you. Okay. You started walking backwards. Okay. So we're back. So, babe. Everybody, we're back with the swirl with Bree and Dave. So, babe, you can't say exactly where we are. So, basically, we're on vacation, but we can't really say where we are. So, undisclosed location. Well, every time we say it, what we have to do, we're going to just basically say, well, here we are in beautiful Brighton Beach. Beach. So, that's where we are. Because we, we can't leave town. We can't leave town. I love the show. So, we're here today with our special guest in her straw bonnet. Poolside. Poolside. And she has blessed us with her presence. Oh God. Her husband has also blessed us, but David has a lot of questions about a specific show. Well, first of all, first of all, I gotta say, so I met I met our special guest's husband yesterday. We are now Wait, are best we friends. <laughs> we can't say our who special, it is. Well, I want to introduce her properly. I'm no, leaving yes. that to you. And but I'm until do that we, later. I'm yeah, sure but later. until we get there, I just want, you know, whether whether he makes much of an appearance in this particular segment of the pod, <laughs> just know that he is my new best friend. Oh, you'll hear his commentary. I think he'll be like <laughs> side-of-the-mouth comment. It's yeah. going to be brilliant, whatever it is. So, <laughs> babe, this is, this is your, really, so, yours to do. everyone, I want to introduce you to my close... This is one of my close, newer friends in the last, like, what, three or four years? Four years, something like that. Four years. We met in a a (laughs) ill-fated audition and and callback for... Nope, um, we can't say. Why? Because this is a no-snark zone when it comes to Broadway. No, it was ill-fated because we didn't book it. Oh, 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 oh. oh. It's because you just didn't book it. Right. I'm all snark. How dare you? I know. Rich is all snark. (laughs) That's why Rich will not be speaking very much. (laughs) And it's only, Rich, it's only no snark when it comes to Broadway. Got it. You know, everything is, we're full snark. (laughs) We're full snark, usually, but we're in a no snark zone (laughs) for Broadway. So everyone, I want to introduce you to one of my sister girls now. She's a part of our Marco Polo group, which I have a very close friend group of Steph Umo, Christina Saju, and Rashidra Scott Melenga. Oh, hey! And that's And that's she is guess. here with us today. Yeah. So Currently in the Broadway company of company. Yes. Company. 
that's not the right key. But that look. listen, that proves well, why you all been laid off. How you <laughs> landed a plum spot in that in that storied Broadway cast. You mean the one I almost didn't go in for? Oh, that oh my god, we have to tell the story because this is ridiculous. So everyone, if you don't know company, don't be don't be rude. Um, go listen to it, Google it. It's fabulous. Um, and we were on Marco Polo, which you know we can't live without. No. Nope. Of course, we're all black girls, and three of us are all going in. Three out of four of us are going in for this role. And the role is in a show that's a Sondheim show, right? So people are like, Brianna, this Brianna should go in for this. This is Brianna. Steph was the first one who said, <laughs> and now I'm in like a you know, weekend show schedule at Instagram. So Brown. literally, I'm like, I don't feel already like looking booked. at this. I can't, I can't, I'm, my head hurts. I don't want to, I don't know this. Yeah, so ain't for no white people in it, ain't no black people in it. I can't, I, no. <laughs> There's no people. So for those of you scoring at home, Rashidra was already slaying the kids eight shows a week in Ain't Too Proud. She had a big, big solo moment. Very rude. Um, and well, so, seconds seconds. Of okay, or no, no, it was you slayed, okay, and she, she gave it to you, and and so she was fully booked. She so was already booked, so she was like, I want to fucking do this audition. I gotta go in for company. Like, it's so much, so, I don't even understand. What's the story? What's the show? What's happening? Right, I don't know and of things. course, you know, none of us know this the real plot because we're all little we're all black lives. people in town. <laughs> so no, I don't know it. <laughs> none of us really know it. And I actually heard a lot of these were just like, this is Brianna's show. Yeah, Steph was the first one who was like, Brianna, I actually feel like you're this is you're gonna get this. This is gonna be yours. And then I came on and said, exactly, which is why I don't feel like spending my time trying to get these songs together. Cause you know what? I might actually cancel this audition. What's the point? Brie, all I keep seeing and hearing is you. And then, then she <laughs> booked it. Like she does every Everything. show I go in. So, nice. let that be a lesson to you all. <laughs> let that be a lesson to you all. It's that one that you say you're not going to book, that you have no yes, interest in do doing. Do count yourself out of auditions before they do. So, my, I have a question. We really have to. But, but Rashidra, do you think that it was the fact that you felt like it was so not in the cards for you? Did that affect your audition in such a way that you were able to breeze through it without any nerves and maybe that actually contributed to you know booking I mean, it or do you think yes and no because no. let's be honest I'm also competitive and I'm a perfectionist and I'm a performer so yeah. no matter how much I don't want something I'm gonna still go in there and be like I can't look like a fool in this room so let me just my, my girls yelled at me and said I had to do it yes. so if I'm gonna do it I gotta do it right and yes. all and full out talk no to us market. about the preparation for the kids out there uh, who, the who need a lesson for the audition. The preparation no, for the audition. You went in the room. I, I did. I, when I went in, it was uh, myself, a piano, a piano player, and someone from Cindy Tolan casting. C casting. That was it. And a camera. That was it. And I was like, oh, okay. This is. And they <laughs> were the sweetest. They apologized for everything being so last minute. Because I think we got the material Very Thursday? It was not even this a week. Role we got the material like the Thursday. Last, this and role the was the last Monday. This was the last role to be cast. It, yes, because um, one, of our, one of our good goods had booked it. Um, but, you know, she's Sophia. She booked a couple of things at the same time mm -hmm. and backed out of company to do something else. Um, and so now all of a sudden the role of Susan was available. And I remember the morning we woke up of our auditions was when the press release came out for the rest of the cast. I think that was when I kind of got a little more excited Serious? because yeah. I saw the cast list and I was like, oh, so many friends in this. It's going to be mm -hmm. so fun. But I still was like, but we're going to book this is fine. Whatever. <laughs> but I, didn't, I didn't go in for the audition. I did a self-tape. 
but it's fine because why. we all ended up on self-tape because we walked in the room and it was a camera. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> now this was in the days, of course, just pre-COVID. This was before COVID. This was well, in January? It, was, yes. it wasn't well, that long ago. Was it like, no. no. It was uh, January? No, no, no. It was November. Yeah, it was, it was November because yeah, my right. offer, you went on vacation. It was November. My offer came in the beginning of December, and I had like two days to figure my life out so that I could give a proper so four-week notice from exactly. Ain't Too Proud to before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened. So, so just again, the the actual prep of the actual edition is what you have. You're given sides. You're giving. We were given, given. Susan and Peter are the only couple who have two scenes. So we were given the sides for both scenes. Uh, and what did they ask oh, you to say? What did the they ask you to say? The There was yes. Uh, what's the, the what's the one like, song? Uh, like, have I got a girl for you? Well, no, have there was. It was. Have you? I got a guy for you? Well, guy. Have I got a guy for you? Yes, right. Yes, yes. It was that they had us do the whole thing, and then. Uh, because they were still trying to figure out coverage oh, because, yes. you know, Nicky Renee. Was it Bless This Day? Yes, Nicky Renee, of course, is our priest. Yes. And they were trying to figure okay. out the coverage for that. And so yes. they had us all come in and do that if we felt comfortable. All right, great. So listen, I have just one fanboy question and then yes. we can go on to anything. So because this is a no snark Broadway zone, yes. I'm going to say I love all directors and all yes. the directors I've ever worked oh. with. But first among equals for me is Marianne Elliott. She's my favorite. So I just want I to hear, her. I just see, and I, I, I can tell that this is genuine. I love that, her. that if you could snark, you still would not snark no, about Marianne no Elliott. No, So talk to me, because I saw this show in London. I saw, I saw the production that she directed and you know, put together in London. And I thought... And you loved it. Loved it. I thought it was just so so uncannily clever and actually rescued that piece of material Jeez. from oblivion by, by reversing the sexes of those characters and mm -hmm. doing the work that they did. So how have you found her to be as, as a director? Talk to me about she's that. She's everything and she's amazing and I miss her and I can't wait to get back in the room with her. She, I, I think what I love and respect the most about her is the fact that I think we all know as creatives, it can be really hard to separate any past experience from a project that you've already done. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and because especially I think as a director or someone on the creative team, you spend so much time living with the material be, with pre-pro and like deciding if you're going to do it and you have to like do your pitch per se. And then that gets accepted and you have to do pre-pro so that you walk into the room the first day kind of knowing what you're talking about. And then you have the rehearsal process and then the tech process and then previews and then the show opens and you've done award seasons and you're winning all of the things because you're amazing. And now all of a sudden you have to start from ground zero mm -hmm. with a group with of a people group who some sometimes. people don't yeah. even know any of the songs from company except for what they had to audition with that they almost didn't go in for. And we came in and from day one, at no point have any of us been locked into decisions hmm. made by anyone else mm. from the, the show. Like from, the, from day one, yeah. it has been, I mean, our first two, to, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the first time that we even did any of our scenes, it was all table work for the first three to four times, I think, that wow. we touched any of our scenes. And it was never, okay, well in London they did this. It right. was very much like, okay, so who was Susan to you? Where does she work? How old is she? How did her and Peter meet? What's the story? Like, what is your backstory here? And, you know, and how do Susan and, and Bobby know each other? Did, did, you know, did Susan and Bobby know each other first or did Peter and Bobby know each other first? Who introduced who to whom? Did she meet you as a couple? Like what, like all of these, this backstory that was happening before we even 
opened or looked at any script pages for our scene work. Mm. And I mean, and she would have notes, like every time we would come back, she would start every table session with, okay, well, the last time we met, these were the things that you said. Are you still liking that decision? Do you wow. want to change anything? Wow. Are you still stuck I to that? What do you that. What do you feel about that? Like now that you've had a little bit more time to live with this. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So it, it and it was probably. I mean, I don't think we got up on our feet at least for our scene work until the second or third time that we had table work. But it was all table work first. And and was there any sort of you know company no, no company uh, of the company <laughs> meet and greet? I mean, how does she welcome? you know, you all as a, as a cast into the experience. Do you remember anything particular um, about that? I should remember, but I don't because the whole day was such a whirlwind. Right, of course. Um, we were supposed to do, our first day meet and greet was supposed to be on a Monday and it ended up being Tuesday because, um, you know, one Miss, the queen, Miss Patti LaPone, uh, was still in the middle of shooting Hollywood. Her, you know, her, her Netflix love. series. We loved Hollywood. Um, love her. Uh, and so she actually was not available for the first day, our first I official see. day. So, so that kind of ended up being off. like a movement assessment day of right, sorts. Right. Um, like we learned a little bit of music the first part of the day since she was, she had already done it. Um, and then we uh, went on to movement for the last half of the day. And then we actually had our meet and greet. Tuesday. And to be perfectly honest, the only thing I remember about that meet and greet day was that we have about 5,000 investors and producers on that show. Right. And there was nowhere for anybody to stand. That's what I remember about that day. <laughs> but when you started working with Marianne, it immediately felt very intimate. Oh my God. And you felt she's, very safe. She's and, the loveliest and the warmest and the safest. Yeah. And, and it also felt really good to be in a room with a female at the helm. Like, yes. I've been in so many rooms. I mean, I, I have done shows with a female at the lead it, or at the helm. It just, it felt really, really good. <laughs> We've lost Brie. Brie, Brie quit. <laughs> I mean, so the waiter was one thing, but then guys... <laughs> Sorry, this is a professional operation Listen, we've got going on here. And we're back. And we were never gone. Okay. Yeah, got it all. Rashidra, please continue with your. With I your wrote my love letter to Marianne. Yes. I just, I mean, I just, it, yeah. Well, I was letting her go on because she wants, she's telling us about Marianne. Yeah, it was the part where you were talking to her husband, <laughs> a foot loudly. away, and um, and we couldn't not hear it. It was so that sorry. part so sorry, so sorry. that was really the problem. Okay. Not that Rashidra had run out of anything to talk about. We were no, doing great. No, Rashidra kept talking over, trying to cover things up. Rashidra was... Trying to not get hints of where we are. Fully professional. You understand. Because we are here in beautiful Brighton, Brighton Beach. Beach. <laughs> Memoirs. So Rashidra, please continue with your love letter to Marianne Elliott, which, I mean, I I have my own love letter to Marianne Elliott. What is your because, love letter? I mean, well, I, 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 mean the, I, I was, I, I didn't even realize I, how much uh, I loved her until I started to, I was at the National Theater and I saw that production of War Horse that she had done. And, mm -hmm. and then I saw, you know, then I just started, every time I saw something that she had done, um, Angels in America, Company in London, I just thought, this is astonishing work all the time. It's just so sensitive and 
brilliant. Yeah, she's and she's, she's rethinking amazing. this material from the ground up. Yeah, and and I love and that then, she and then and then Rich just 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 rich, as listen. if there was no. Well, I think it's important that we talk about Rich. We have to. Rich okay, Rich. We don't. <laughs> no, we do. No, no, no. It's in Rich is in the business, but like just enough out of it. Rich, so, you know I love you. Talk about <laughs> talk about this, but I do. But I your do want to. boyfriend. I want yes, but I do want to get back to. I do want to get back to to the company thing. So I will I'm only say that there's Rich. By it's way. a um. It's a fun little addition to it that my business partner, Katie Faffel, worked with Marianne on Warhorse right. in the States. Yes. And we now have a great little space plug at 37th. <laughs> um, what's it, wait, and what's it called, Rich? Uh, Massage Beyond and Katie Faffel Studios right now. We, we have a bigger name, but it's And not. you cater specifically to the theater To community, the Broadway, Broadway and film and television. And television. Yeah. So if y'all need... Are you massage a physical therapist. therapist and massage? Massage therapist. Massage only. Only, but... With a PT background. With PT yes. background. So he's going to get you together, coaching. people. Mm -hmm. If you are looking for some type of therapy, yes. massage beyond NYC. You have to go. <laughs> And this segment has brought, been brought to you by Massage Beyond NYC <laughs> and, Rich, and Rich Belanga. Direct message us on Instagram for more details. She's Brianna Marie. <laughs> I'm Dave Lyrics. And we're back. This is the blackest. You'll hear this world. Since we're... But that's not until July 2021. Okay. No strings. Good. Okay. Listen, I'm so, all paycheck back. So, yeah. so, babe, because this is the swirl, but I would have asked this question anyway, because when I saw the show in London, there was one, there was one black girl in the whole show. Mm -hmm. Now, for Broadway, we have we have two. We have two black girls a and and a baby. black man. Yes. And so we have three swirly couples in this we production do. of Company. Patty Whereas we, Lapone is in a swirly couple, y'all. Patty Lapone is in a swirly couple with a fine, fine, fine friend of ours, <laughs> Terrence Archie. A big old black man. Okay, good night. <laughs> so my question is, how did Marianne approach the swirliness Ooh, of those three couples in her show when in fact she'd really only had one swirly couple in London and I, and I, and I, and I know that the experience of being black in, in London is a completely different experience of being black in America. So how it's, She didn't. So, so just, we're, we're people. <laughs> right. I mean, so, it feels like a very... So did she address the fact that you're a swirly couple in 2020? Oof. Okay. Not really. I mean, like, not outside of, well, obviously, Rashida, you're black, and Greg, you're white, and Fitz, you're white, and Nikki, you're black, and we all know Patty and Terrence, like, not really outside of that. It, like, at no point, you know, and Brie, I've heard you mention this, so I feel safe saying this, you know, we very often as black women are easily put into a box of, oh, you want me to act like this? And there's, there's never been any of that. It's right. like Nikki has been very free to create her character from where she's coming from. And I've been very free to create Susan based on where I'm coming from. And just by nature of who we each are naturally, you know, um, she's a bit more pulled up, and I'm just a bit more fun. <laughs> I mean, right. not, not that she's not fun, but right. you know, she's like it's just regal. Yeah, and, you know. but that's just who My we are. I mean, and, uh, 
this former passion girl is not regal at all. Um, yeah. yeah, and we do have to talk about the we, um, But you know, like Nikki and I share a dressing room, and so we definitely have our moments where we will warm up to pre-show like Jay-Z and Beyonce, and there will be moments that she's like, well, do you want to listen to Jay-Z? Or do you? And I'm like, I, I don't actually listen to them, so I, you play whatever you want, because I don't wait, actually know. Us? Nikki, like, we'll be in the dressing room, and oh, she's oh, like, well. are you fine with some Jay-Z? I'm like, Sh sure, I don't actually know anything, I've but never yes. Album, but okay. um, yes, <laughs> never mind an album, but sh I don't care, you know, and then every once in a but then we'll turn right back around, and I'm trying to keep up with her vocal warm-ups that are, like, in the rafters, so, you know. <laughs> LOL. But how do we feel about that because we've been talking about this a lot David and I because he's rewriting a show of his called having it all which is about five women in an airport mm -hmm. and he's rewriting it spoiler now. alert for you having it all fans <laughs> <laughs> there's gotta be one both of you mom it's our moment and we were talking about how the rewrite is now going to be during the pandemic, mm -hmm. which makes it the stakes much bigger. And you actually understand why there's only five women at the gate now. <laughs> and you would also understand why they would actually talk to each other. Yes. Um, because everyone is starved for like human interaction because mm -hmm. they've been in You mean you like, know, yes like yesterday? Like yesterday. <laughs> Where we're staying in Brighton, Brighton Beach. 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 Um, it's followed by memoirs. You have to say memoirs. Now you have to oh, memoirs. memoirs. <laughs> it's a Neil Simon joke, kids. For those of you who weren't around in those days, there was a Jewish man named Neil Simon. They ended up naming a theater after him. In fact, he wrote three plays. They all had bees in the title, and this one was the first one. It was called Bryden Beach memoirs. memoirs. And Rashidra is bringing a beautiful callback to those halcyon days of Broadway, back when there was a Broadway. Remember Please continue. Broadway. And we're back. And we're back. So now Remember we're Broadway. talking about this big rewrite and how one of the characters is African-American and she needs, we're actually addressing the fact that she's black in 2020 because how can you not mm -hmm. with everything that's happening? Yes. And so, but I think that there's value when you just make people people. Yes. And there's also value when you say that I'm a black person dealing with these issues and call that out mm -hmm. in lyrically or, or in scenes. I think yeah. there's value both ways. It's yes. just whatever you want to do. Well, so I, I didn't want to seem like I was like shading Marianne for not addressing those things because there's only yeah. so much you can do with the material Sondheim has created. That, but also remember that the shutdown and everything happened. The shutdown and people having nothing else to distract them from the racial issues in this country yeah. did not happen until we were in previews and yeah. so everything was already set. You know, like, I feel like... Maybe That's those true. conversations will happen when we get back. Yes. But Interesting. we were yeah. nine previews in. I, it right. was the, the day that the shutdown was announced was the first day that they weren't using. They, they chose that rehearsal time to rehearse the swings and the understudies. And so the rest of us actually weren't called into. That was the first day we weren't called into rehearsal. So I found out about the shutdown from the 12 o'clock news sitting in my bed, finally sleeping in. Mm. And I was like, oh, so I get, I'm, I'm not going to work? tonight and then the I next know. time I was at the theater like after Wednesday night September what or uh, March 11th the next time I was at the theater was probably about a month after the shutdown when they when the Schubert's finally were like okay here's your two hour time window in which 10 at a time masked and gloved you all can sign in through security and go into the theater to get what you need from the dressing rooms yes. which is raising his hands can I 
interject. Uh, I saw Marianne's decision because there were three swirl couples, couples yeah. Yeah. Um, as almost a Hamilton-esque yes. decision to say, we're not going to highlight that because that's not what matters. Mm -hmm. Yes. But you know, Hamilton is now is way under fire right now. You know, I think that we're, I don't. I, yeah. I don't think it's. I, I think what it has done. Another client, so you know, of his. <laughs> oh sure, yes. But but that idea of what do they call? They have a name for this now. Well, there's color conscience or co conscious or color aware. Um, and they know, were color Hamilton blind. was color blind. Color washing. <laughs> <laughs> but but also chose not to I should talk not be about the one slavery driving this conversation. <laughs> also, they did. They chose not to talk about slavery, and they chose well, they're to very very little, very because yes, Ron Chernow didn't talk about it right. very much. Right, and either. so it's not a big deal to me because I'm like, yeah. okay, he did the musical of the book. The book doesn't talk about that, and also what he did actually changed the face of theater. Mm -hmm. Like it's the much narrative. more important. And the, like, right. as much as we are talking about Alexander Hamilton, we're talking about a completely di different narrative of what Broadway can be while we're talking about Alexander Hamilton and the book of it, right? I mean, like, look, two I separate things. Yeah. And in two incredible things to be talking about in 2020. Yeah. I was on Instagram earlier today posting a story, and I literally was trying to find a GIF and typed in Broadway and hit enter. And it's I would say nine out of the 12 results that came back were all Hamilton. It's such a pop culture <laughs> phenomenon. And it's so and much incredible in our community. So yes. you know, I just wanted to come in and say, I saw Marianne's choice or the show's choice to not reference the swirl couples specifically as them saying, we're going to actually talk about what's important, which is the connection uh -huh. of the two people, as well as those two people to the main character, mm -hmm. instead of going around aimlessly talking about another thing that can be huge, but doesn't need to be in this story. Well, of course, it's all, you know, it, they would have to exhume George Firth's body and reanimate him <laughs> and then get him all woke so that he could... Like, yeah, I, have also, to get him up to I appreciate speed. and love that it just lets us be. I think the thing that we as black creatives are always begging for and asking for and wanting and looking for is just a chance to be brought into a room and be the same full non-monolithic three-dimensional as every other culture in this country i totally agree however i think it is valuable to the process to talk about it when you're doing your table work how do these people uh, it's a question that can be yeah. brought up how how would this couple feel about looking at this couple or do they have any feelings and they might not yeah. but they're great things for people to think about just to add dimension to what you're doing on stage yeah. you know but and i, but I don't I think, necessarily want to hear a monologue about how i'm black well like, but i also feel like part of why that didn't happen is because the only time that the couple the, the couples are only ever actually together when we are meeting each other for the first time that's so fine. the conversation of how do like the group has not needed to have a conversation of how do you feel about these other people i mean we've as the actors had it over lunch you know just like on our lunch break just like oh okay well cool oh so cool so that's how you guys know bobby oh cool well then well we decided that i know bobby and this is the the industry that i work in so i guess we would actually probably know each other we would have like we would run in the same circles and kind of know of each other like we've had those conversations individually 
but it's also been made very clear that the whole like the whole um the only time that we are all ever together is like the top of the axe um and that's our first time we don't know each other we know our partners, but oh, we don't know the right? other couples. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I've so I think that's also why it doesn't even necessarily. Even more of a reason why it's like, necessary. So that's part of the table work, though, because that's not. I mean, that's a, that's a choice that definitely that Marianne has made with all of you. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen the show a million times, and I've never thought about the fact that they don't know each other. I guess. Yeah. Well, side by side, side, side by side for me feels real enough but I guess that can also be an impressionistic yeah. number where they don't necessarily know each other top of act two top of okay. act two yeah and that's sort of how you that's very interesting yeah I, uh, so then my other question was and I, unless you don't want to leave this 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 question about the, no I just I think it's interesting to talk about character wise because if like Jenny decides that she's not Jenny who's who's white in the show who's that funny girl Jennifer Samard. Samard. Mm-hmm. Um, if she don't have a character name. I don't remember anything. Right. <laughs> Choreography gone. Um, There's Gloria. Good luck at that. I think it that. is. Je- I think um, she plays Jenny. No, Nikki is Jenny. No, Nikki's Jenny. Oh, well then wait. Who? I can't remember who she plays. I don't know. But anyway, she, the, the if she couple. decides the that her couple. character is from the Midwest, oh, right, Harry and where in the Midwest are they from? Sarah. And so when they meet um, you and Greg, mm-hmm. or when they meet Jenny and Chris, um, Nikki and Chris, what do they think of them? And it doesn't only it doesn't need to be like a whole drawn out act, yeah. but it could be a moment. Well, that it can't even really be a line of dialogue because that dialogue. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, but I'm saying it can be, but it also doesn't need to be. Like it doesn't need to be dialogue. I, but I, I, hear I like what you're saying. But also, what I'm gonna say because I just know when we walk into a place together, people have immediate Feelings. thoughts. Oh, and absolutely. Opinions. If Terrence Archie and Patty Lupone walked into walk, a restaurant, uh-huh. it would be so many stairs. So Listen, I'm like, I've gone to a darling grocery store when I dated a white guy, and the, the checkout yes. girl was completely fine until she saw me walk up next to him and was like, oh. Right. And that's in New York City. Completely. Yeah. Like, was that in yes, New York City? It, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, it absolutely happens, but I also think... It's mainly because she looks fine. I hate you. <laughs> but also, uh, full disclosure... <laughs> If I'm gonna be non-snarkily honest, yeah. Um, side by side is a lot, and yeah. uh, we have spent most of the process trying to pare it down to tell the main story. We ain't got that yet. That's Ooh, so that's interesting. So that was part of the that was part of the process mm. in, in previous when yeah. when everything went away. Yeah, the, the last out. day of of rehearsal the, that Ooh. Wednesday. That's pretty much we spent the entire yeah, that's uh, not the entire time. I'd say we spent the majority of the time trying to just working on that number okay so we haven't gotten there yet we're still we're still trying to tell the story and that's the objective like what's the narrative through through this song (laughs) because it really is a very static moment except until until they're all dancing with their partner and and he's dancing alone yeah she's dancing yeah it's but there's a whole nother there's there's a lot happening and we yes <laughs> you know, not everything's easy when you're on the Broadway. Wait, it is you not easy. To leave that to go where? Well, I was just going to ask you specifically what you and now it's Peter, right? Is your uh-huh. then it's Greg Hildreth. Uh huh. What what Olaf. are the and Olaf? So yeah. what? So so does 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 Peter come from um, from Arendelle and was a snowman in a previous life or how? Yeah, like what was his backstory? What is your backstory as a couple? 
That'd be a real, um, that'd be a really interesting backstory for Peter and Susan. But what is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. What now? Oh, God. Now you, you're taking me back. It's been six months now. Okay, well, so, so, the so, first, so. I sure haven't. Well, you know, the first <laughs> couple of weeks, we tried to do read-throughs when we were silly and thought maybe Broadway, you know, maybe the country could get it together and only be under this for like a month. We were hoping. And then when that didn't happen, we stopped the once a week read-throughs. Uh, and yeah, that. we ain't thought about that show since. I mean, I'm sure somebody has, not me. But um, I mourn it all the time because I missed it. We were gonna go we, early, you were. and then we were just like, oh, we've got all the time in the world. Yep, you know? I remember that. Like March twentieth. We were looking at March twenty second. I think. Yeah. So I mean, two days before the shutdown, I went with one of my good friends who's in Hades Town to our box office, and she bought her tickets. Her and her mom. She bought their tickets for two weeks after. We had tickets to the opening night of six on uh, that night. That night, mm-hmm. when at five p.m. everything mm-hmm. shut down. Yeah, um, but yeah. So, um, I, so Susan is. <laughs> so my my Susan is based off of um, actually one of uh, my sheroes. She doesn't know this uh, from Ain't Too Proud, who's oh. essentially our. Um, Director of Urban Marketing, this woman, uh, Linda Stewart. Oh, I know who that oh, is. Yes. Because she worked on Motown. Yes. Linda She did Motown it. and she did Color Purple. Yes. And so basically, Susan is Linda. I love that. Yes. She is the Director of Urban Marketing. But she for... needs a longer wig. Uh, no, she has my hair. Wait, Linda has Susan, long weaves. Though. I know, but Susan, <laughs> my character of Susan is Linda with Rashida's hair. Kind of. Oh, uh, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> with Rashida's hair tapered. Hair is incredible. Okay. It is, but listen. <laughs> Shout out to your hair, Linda. Nick- <laughs> On the swirl with Brian and Dave. Um, so, and it was like- touch and go there for a minute. I thought we were going to have to edit that out. <laughs> what do you mean? I love Linda. Until you Linda. said Linda's hair Linda. was fierce. It is fierce. And Linda loves you, remember? I love Linda. She always comments on something you say. She's the best. I love Linda. Um, and Peter Linda. is an illustrator. Okay. Who possibly uh, makes craft beers on the side. Because that's oh, what he originally like thought oh, he did. That's but then cute. after a while he was like, yeah, that, that, that seems like a terrible, that, no. Now the un- interesting thing about Peter and Susan is that they are the couple who are the most underwritten of all of the couples. Yeah. Which is funny because we show. are the only couple with two scenes. But It's interesting, right? Yes. But it, I mean, because it's basically a gag yeah, set up uh-huh. where they end up. Yeah. And the yeah. shift... The shift from the original dynamic to your dynamic is that most of your dialogue now we've swapped. Is, so is swapped. I have all of the Peter. Dialogue you have the Peter dialogue. And has, yeah. And the so he's the one who's all he's afraid of loopy and afraid of heights, and, yeah. right? Which is great. This is how the show got rescued by Marianne. Our Marianne. scene takes place on That's our balcony. Because if you actually <laughs> look at every one of these scenes, they all they all rely on that stereotype of mm-hmm. the goofy, you know, you know dippy girlfriend wife you know and she's always kind of goofy and you yeah. know in that kind of adorable way that men you know yeah. used to find women you well, know, and the to be helpless and the scenes are the exact same as well so it's that's funny right because mm. two of the two of the three swirly couples our dynamics and characteristics and characters have been swapped so by swapping all of that all of a sudden now it just feels like it's not icky anymore yeah <laughs> which again i also it. to go back i also think that maybe part of why another reason why the conversation of race and how we necessarily feel about other couples and what's happening yes hasn't necessarily or didn't necessarily come up because the focus again it was really more so we as people like i hate to say this don't see color it coming into the room but it was more so like we as people coming in 
and the main focus for our table work was where are we coming from and what are we bringing to this with the characters but also how does this fit and feel with the rewrites you know i mean and there were things just like small little things of like um can i say this word instead because that phrase is very english and we don't say that yes mm -hmm. there's that or that phrase is very dated and i mean like this the susan and jenny scenes of uh, susan the david and jenny scenes are almost completely rewritten because you also have comedic idiot chris fitzgerald right who so you know you have i mean to take advantage of that. you have to take advantage of but it's also you know one of the key points that they brought up is that the big deal about their scene was that they were smoking weed right so, which was so taboo right and now almost everybody does it now. right so you know what i mean so it was like how do they so they've been they did a lot of table work on figuring out how to rework that so that it kind of can stay in the same vein again can't exhume george firth but like how do we any any change like what changes can we make that can be approved by steve and, and without totally changing everything there there was there was some dialogue and certainly lyric revision. We know who did the lyric revisions in London. Mm -hmm. who, was, was Steve behind the dialogue oh, revisions? he approves everything. He approves mm -hmm. them, we, but who we actually... Come... So they would, they, would, they would come out of the, of the work and, and work yeah, with Yeah, like Marianne we would do a lot of the table work and say, well, they, so, you know... So it would be a question of him approving what the actors had come up with. Yeah, Marianne. so well, like a lot of the dialogue of the show is from different vignettes that George had written that yeah. they then pulled together for the show. Yeah. So they came into the room with, like original copies of yeah. the dialogue or like the actual right. vignettes oh, so, so there was like some, books of the vignettes that George so had written so some of that dialogue was alternate dialogue that hadn't been a, correct okay, so, so it's a combination of pulling from other George vignettes and a combination of us just saying yeah I wouldn't say that I'd say this can you give us one example of, of something of a Britishism that had to become Americanized nope Cause I ain't got my script down. The last time I oh, it was a long time. I mean, it's sitting in my apartment. You are really asking a lot. That's like you asking me, do I know the Book of Mormon choreography? Well, you would though if you had just gotten off stage and done it. And so what's not fair is that I'm I'm giving a, <laughs> after six months of not having of a any show I barely knew to begin with that you'd done three previews of. I was gonna say nine. Wow, listen, I'm nine. <laughs> I'm asking I'm asking total fanboy questions Brighton now. Beach washes away. <laughs> so my. I love, is there any other question you have for Rashidra before we let her go well, I back to her vacation I, I in this beautiful because I find it Brighton Beach. But it's been a long time. We actually since we left you without a dope. Step, wow. step, step two, sorry. step two, step two. Um, I was there with you. That was um, amazing. He was also there. He's just judging. Yeah, he was Richard. there. Um, Rich I is think it's been long enough. shaking his head sadly. And what time is it? Let's be real. Oh, we're not going to be able to edit this. I have to because what? we're not no, no, in the no. studio. What, what time um, is it? What time is it or how long have we gone? 6.30. We have a shuttle to catch in 30 minutes. Oh. Right. That's going to take us out of Brighton, Brighton Beach. 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 And back home. 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 When I think of home, I think of a place. Can you finish? Okay, now don't swim away. Don't just start. Listen, if you want to hear more, you better go on YouTube. There's a whole video of me singing it for Symphony Space. Okay. Rashidra Scott Malanga on the YouTubes singing home for Symphony Space. Check it out.
There's also another video of me singing it at uh, 54 Below, where that Rich actually recorded, and you can hear him screaming and cheering me on at the very end. And are you are you on the original Broadway cast recording of Ain't Too Proud? Can the kids go? So go. And a beautiful the Carol King musical. So go and get beautiful the Carol King musical. Download it. Go and download. Ain't too proud. The, the musical, the, the life, the life and times, the temptations, which was a, uh, was to see seeing tickets to that at the Kennedy Center were my, uh, yeah, my I gift from my, my love. It's either for my birthday or something. I just took you. You just took me because you, you love me. Yeah, incredible. It was like June. Yeah, it was the middle of summer. Yeah. Rashidra, <laughs> Rashidra, and and Rich Malaga, thank you for being our guest today on Swirl. We love you. We love you. Do we not? We wouldn't want to be in Brighton Beach with any other couple. <laughs> exactly. So good. Oh, since we're together. The Alto version. Absolutely. I'm on vacation. I'm not warming up. That's all you're going to get this week, kids, because uh, we're not near the studio. So hope you enjoyed this episode. And we'll... Uh, See you next time. Come back Bye. next week. I took your line. Love. Yeah. <laughs> Love to all. Now, babe, we have to get really serious. Quit recording. Pete, <laughs> <laughs> keep that in there. Oh, no, it's it's staying. Like I said, no editing. The man is going to be in the van in oh, 30 minutes. There's a man there's coming a man. in the van. There's a man in the, in the van. van. <laughs> We're, we're not having. We're not it's having a good. Wait, are you done recording? Is not really. No, no, stop! I have to say things that are it's going to expose right. where Brighton Beach is. <laughs> Bye, y'all. subscribe and if you want to tell us how we're doing please leave us a rating or a review if you'd like to follow us on social media i'm brianna marie and he's dave lyrics music for this podcast is by Bo black thanks for listening everybody look forward to having you back for the next episode taste the swirl everyone bye